episode 389, Pray. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Strangers and aliens. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and Steve. I've 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 got some advice for you, Steve. What's that? Here's the here's the advice, Steve. You know what you got to do to get through, like like your 24 hour period of time as the Earth spins around. You know what you got to do to get through. No, it? I don't. You've got to pray. <laughs> You've got to pray just to just make to it make today. It today. <laughs> Do you know what the funny thing is? When I was <laughs> thinking about uh, seeing this movie for this episode, I was I, I wanted to see if my wife wanted to watch it too. So I sort of set it up and I said, "Hey, there's you know, a movie. It's getting some really good buzz. It has a <laughs> strong female lead." And I wasn't even thinking of the 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 homophone. <laughs> yeah. I was just like and it's it's called Prey. And she's like, "Oh, is it like one of those like lousy Christian movies?" Cuz you know, there's mm. a lot of lousy Christian movies out there. Um and cuz she thought it was P R A Y. And uh and I it I I just immediately just laughed because I was like, "No, it's it's P R E Y." And she's like, "Oh, yeah, I know. I've I've heard that's getting like really good reviews." Absolutely not. <laughs> She's just not a horror fan at all. Like she won't even watch the Outer Limits with me, you know. Like the original? The yeah, the original. Because that doesn't. I mean, I know it's it's. I mean, it some of the steps into horror a little bit, but not. Yeah, I don't know. Even... There's some psychological horror stuff. Yeah, but I mean, it, I think it's even the 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 campy costumes that they had. I think they're just too much for her. They're just like so over the top that it's just like, nope, I don't want to, you know. But anyway, well, yes, I, <laughs> pray. And and to be fair, um, J.S. Earls made that joke first. When I can imagine, because I I sent him a message that said, "Hey, want to hear my weak connection seven word movie review for Prey?" If you are pray, you better pray. And then he said, just to make it today. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, it's not really a review though, is it? No, it, it's not. That, no. that that would not be considered a review. No. Uh, no. 
So, hey, this is Strangers and Aliens. This is a podcast about science fiction, fantasy, faith, and spirituality. And one of the things we like to do is talk about movies. And so if you are just joining us for the first time ever, this podcast, we are going to be talking about the movie Prey. Steve and I have watched this movie and one or both of us may have even enjoyed it, but apparently Steve's wife <laughs> did not. Uh, and so, she didn't even want to give the chance of enjoying it. <laughs> that's that's fair. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. You know, if you don't like that style, you don't. I mean, you know, I'm not going to force anybody to. No, to watch no, a movie. especially horror. Yeah, like if I'm going to force someone to watch a movie that they don't like from a, a different genre than they would normally watch, if they're saying like I don't like scary stuff, like that could be traumatizing to make them yeah. watch scary stuff. And there could be a really good reason why they don't like scary stuff. I mean, it could be something scary happened in their past. Exactly. It's just going to be a trigger that they don't need in their life. Okay. I, I'm totally fine with anybody saying no, not interested in a horror movie. Yeah. So here's the other thing we need to just for guide rules, guidelines. A lot of times when we talk about movies, if you're just joining us in the middle or near the middle of this episode, at some point we're going to play the spoiler organ. Anything we talk about before the spoiler organ is going to be spoiler free. Basically our initial thoughts and, and maybe our star ratings. If, if uh, we're so inclined to do that, but um, after that spoiler organ plays, and you'll know, don't worry. But after that plays, uh, we will be talking about the movie with very detailed spoilers or or maybe vague spoilers. I don't know, but we'll allow ourselves to spoil yeah. at that point. So here, uh, Steve, I do have my actual seven word movie reviews that we can do. But um, before we do that, let's talk about the viewing experience. This went straight to Hulu. It did. And... Uh, not gonna lie uh, now that i've moved away from the movie theaters i do enjoy the you know straight to streaming for big movies like this because this mm -hmm. would have been a regular theatrical release you know not not two years ago pre-covid for sure it would have yep. been but yep. i don't know if it would have gotten the buzz because i think people wouldn't have gone to see this this is a small ish big bus budget movie and i just don't think if if it had gone to theaters it would have been out there people would have panned it and said didn't make any money not good yeah i don't think it it's one of those movies that actually would have been made if it if it wasn't for covid you know i think they're <laughs> making so many things nowadays for the small screen but to give people you know, more options to, to see quote unquote movies. And I don't mean, you know, fake movies or whatever. I mean, some of them are, are really good quality, actual movies that, you know, would have been in there. So, but I think there's a lot as well that for whatever reason wouldn't have been greenlit because of, you know, X, Y, or Z. And I think this one, it's just so it's, I mean, it's a, it's a period piece. It's, you know, it's, trilingual it's uh, a, a prequel to a, a horror movie it's i mean there's so many different little nuances to it that you sort of like 
you know, at some point you can very easily think of someone just being like, can we just have, you know, to have them go to another planet, you know? And but they <laughs> and did them. that and it wasn't I great. Know. I know, but hey, this time it will be, you know, and it'll be, hey, you know what? We'll, we'll give you uh, 30 million extra dollars and you can, you know, do all the special effects and everything. And you don't have to worry about dressing people in period piece clothing or speaking, you know, other languages that, that exist. We'll make one up. Well, so, and honestly, I mean, a predator language has been created that they did make up a little bit. And honestly, I appreciate the the risk that this movie was in all those things you're talking about because it did make it smaller. But you know, I, I feel like it made it better. And, and when I say better, I mean, this is not just the same old, same old. It plays with all the tropes from the other Predator movies. Yeah. But then you throw in it's a period piece and then you throw in it's um, they're definitely trying to as accurately as possible, you know, create the the culture of, you know, this this Indian tribe, you know, the, yeah. the culture even of the um, the other the other people who are in this movie. And then yeah. you have the predator culture that also they're they're messing with. But. I just, I really appreciated the work that went into this. Um, yeah. So, you know, let's just jump into it for me. I'm just going to let people know ahead of time. I gave this movie four stars on Letterboxd. And here are my three seven word movie reviews. If you are so inclined to believe that I'm cheating by doing three, then you can just call it a 21 word movie review. That's fine. All right. <laughs> and it's four stars out of five. Is four that out of five is what Letterboxd does. Yeah. I don't yeah. do letterbox, so I just want to make so, sure. Yeah, it's it's a pretty high rating. I don't go very high uh, too often, but I also tend to be more forgiving for movies than than some people. But um, so seven word movie review number one is this the best Predator movie? Maybe. <laughs> seven word movie review number two does what Predator comics did. For years. And then number three, fresh take, imperfect, but enjoyable, fun, exciting. So that's how I felt about this movie, <laughs> Steve. I uh, think I, I don't remember seeing any of the Predator movies except probably the first one. And I probably saw it 30 years ago and never rewatched it. Until I watched this movie, and then I said, to get some context, I want to, I want to rewatch the first one. So I, and there are some things in the first one that, I, as I was watching it, I realized that I, th I'm pretty sure I've seen it before. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember anything about predators. I don't remember any. I don't remember seeing any of the other movies or so... even hearing about them. So. So um, saying, is this the best Predator movie? Maybe that's if you take out the first one, that's kind of faint praise. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say it right now. Well, even the first one, it's not great. <laughs> uh, we will talk maybe about that later. But Predator 2, I did rewatch recently um, because they all showed up on, on Hulu because of, of Prey. But uh, and Disney owns these movies now, which is interesting too. this this movie 
was not meant to be a predator movie. And I don't know the time of everything based on when Disney bought Fox, but this movie was going to be just a, uh, action adventure, horror movie period piece without a franchise. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then they came to the director and was like, Hey, you know, and I don't know all the details behind it, but basically it came down to, we think this would work as a predator movie. Let's do that. And so, and, and then they gave it to the predator guys to rewrite. No, they didn't, but they did do some rewrites on it to make it fit in uh, and add in some lines and stuff that are going to reflect, uh, on the, on the previous movies. But, uh, so I rewatched Predator. I rewatched Predator 2. I have not seen Predator 2 in years, probably on VHS. Um, I remembered it being mean-spirited, but I did not remember it being quite as bad as <laughs> as it was. It just, I felt yucky after watching it, to be honest. I was just like, oh, this is, this is not great. There's no, it's 80s action movie. Maybe might have been early nineties, but it's eighties action movie kind of thing about the near future, you know, (laughs) in like five years from now kind of a thing. So it's like taking place in mid nineties or whatever. And, um, and just, yeah, I did not enjoy watching that, but, um, and then you have predators, which is them going to another planet and dropping a whole bunch of people or a crowd of, of a small crowd of people that are going to get hunted on that planet. Then you have the predator, which was not great. That was the most recent one. And everyone's wondering, why are they not going to do a sequel to that? Well, (laughs) I am glad we got this and not a sequel to that because I just, and I have no, no intention to really revisit that. I have revisited in the last decade or so, um, alien versus predator and alien versus predator requiem. Um, which there, you know, the predator versus, uh, or alien versus predator is a serviceable, you know, action movie that has recognizable franchise creatures. Right. So there it is, you know, and, and, um, Requiem, uh, they were like, Oh, the first one was PG 13 and people complained so let's do this one R-rated. And that one, again, they get mean-spirited with it in the sense of what they do. I mean, you know, early on, they're they're going in a, a bad direction when they're putting children and pets in danger and they're actually in danger. Uh, you know, and like... Not cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but honestly, of all of the... Of all both of the Alien vs. Predator movies, uh, it's it's... It's one of the top two, for sure. Prey? <laughs> no, Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Oh, okay. It's okay. one of the top two of the Alien vs. Predator movies. Yeah, well, I guess I guess I would have to agree with that. <laughs> what did so, I say against it? Yeah, so anyway, um, I did find it interesting how different Prey and Predator were, but I also found the, the similarities interesting. But my second Seven Word movie review 
They've been for years doing these kinds of stories. Now, they've done some long-form storytelling too, but just one-shots about here's a situation with a predator, you know? And they've done some historical fiction with uh, yeah. the predator showing up in the past and fighting against people in the past. And they've done uh, – one of my favorites is uh, a predator ends up in a small town where they have a drive through movie – and it's showing a horror movie <laughs> and like there's a kid walking around. I, I'm trying to remember if he had a slingshot or not, but in my mind, I, I think he had a slingshot. And it's just like, will the predator go after the kid with a slingshot or not? <laughs> and it's actually, it, it was actually a pretty decent uh, comic book, just a one shot thing and making me wish, man, I wish I could read that again right now. But yeah, uh, the point being the comic books have had the opportunity to do those things because comic books are not on the same kind of budget. They can do these, these kind yeah. of stories. And I was really surprised to find out this is where they were going with the franchise and kind of excited to see where they were going with it. And yeah. So Steve, what'd you yes. think then? You know, For I was, I was thinking about the, the star rating and initially, I, I was going to give it a three point five because there's still it's it's still a little problematic. It's not a perfect movie, it, but the thing is, it is so beautifully shot. There are some scenes in it that I'm just like, I mean, I I, I just have a still of that frame to you know to to put on my laptop or something like that because some of it is just so well filmed. And beautifully shot, um, and just you know the the nature of it, the the CGI. I don't, I, I couldn't. Obviously, I I could only imagine like the bear is CGI, and she's not actually that close to a bear the entire time, and all that stuff. But it's it 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 fools you to the point where you don't you're not thinking. You know, oh, there's an uncanny valley there. Oh, I, you know, oh, I can see the, the, oh, I can see a fake shadow, or you know, there's nothing like that. Everything seems so, uh, so seamless and flawless that way. Um, so I would, I would give it a four, uh, based on just how, how, how well shot it is, and and it seems like they really researched the Comanche culture. And had a lot of people. I they actually have a a version of the film in the Comanche language. Yeah, with some scenes that they did reshoot, and have the actors actually on camera speaking the language. In some some point portions, it's it's dubbed. I haven't watched that yet, but it is yeah. an option on Hulu to choose that. Uh, yeah, choose that language, and, and I think that is part of why I would uh, give it a, an extra. Uh, half a star um, because they took that much time and energy and effort to, to immerse yourself into the culture. If you wanted it that deep, you know um, but even with that, th there are some lines that are in Comanche, you know, yes, it's yeah. like a, a lot of it. It's stuff that you would understand by context, what they're saying. Um, but they just sort of, you know, just, just put it in there. Um, and so, you know, about, I guess, four stars is, is where I would go with that. There, there are only a few films where I would give it an extra half a star or a star just because of how, 
how beautiful it looks. Um, and I was really impressed with, uh, uh, even, you know, showing the, like the hand movements of how they're grinding the, the flour and things like that. And, 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 uh, they just took like, I think some extra steps to make these, these people come alive in their culture. And it just, it doesn't seem like they're, you know, doing a lot of, uh, modern facial expressions that we would understand. There's, a, you know, when, when she has these looks of horror, I mean, her eyes are just so wide, you know, she's not like, you know, giving like a sly wink or something like that. You know I mean? It, it, it's, it's, it's very immersive. And, uh, and I like how they, how they did that. Um, one of the things that I, uh, I enjoyed in retrospect was after I watched Predator, seeing how many different little uh, callbacks to Predator yeah. <laughs> um, they put into Prey. And it was stuff where I had completely forgot or just not picked it up. Um, the- you know, I mean, even like when they're when they're slicing the chest of the uh of uh I, I think it's her brother or is it no I think it's it's one of the other other guys it's it's similar to uh a scene in in predator where they I I forget exactly what scene it is now but when I watched it I'm like they're slicing the the chest like the exact same way yeah I was um, I was waiting for her to put down her hatchet and then someone was like, where are we supposed to go? And she, t- I was just waiting for her to tell them, get to the chopper, <laughs> get to the chopper. Um, it would be, yeah, it would be kind of funny if they, she named it chopper. That'd no, be it wouldn't funny. be funny, but uh, they actually did in, in, in the predator, the most recent movie, they said something like get to the chopper. And they were talking about, um, giant motorcycle a wood chopper or something. No, oh, okay. it was, it was motorcycle that was outside of biker bar. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and I appreciated that joke for what it was. Is it dumb? You bet. But is it my yeah. kind of dumb? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> my kind of dumb. <laughs> As you can tell by my own chopper joke. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of walked through the spectrum just of, like, what we like about this thing. We can talk about spoilers in a, in a moment. But, um, yeah, four stars from me, four stars from you. Um that's interesting. I, I wasn't expecting us to necessarily be on quite the same page here because, you know, sometimes we're not on the same page. I know. And it's so. kind of funny, but I think this is just one of those movies where, you know, it's, it, it's, there's just so much in it where even the stuff that I had a problem with, it's, it's still rewatchable. You know, because there's so much that's that's still likable to, in, in, you know, in, in a rewatch. Um, you know, even like the sound design, the 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 music. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. I mean, it's just there's the just envi- so many the environmental effects. Yeah. That's going on around. And yeah, there's it's a strong film. And it's a genre film, you know, so it's, it's, it's got all, you know, the genre tropes, but if you didn't have the predator in this movie and it was something else, I think this, 
this movie still would have been really uh, just a strong movie. Uh, mm-hmm. th- throw Predator in there, and now you have some name recognition, and people who know the franchise know this is what the Predator does. It can turn yeah. invisible. It only hunts for sport. And so it's the this one actually kind of went against that a little bit, but it was kind of going up the food chain, you know, mm-hmm. and starting small. And actually in the original Predator movie, uh, I noticed this time for the first time that that Predator had like small animal skulls uh, mm-hmm. on it as, as part of his trophies. And yep. um, so for some reason in my head, I had built up this whole idea of Predators being this really honorable race. And I, I don't know if it came from the comics or if it came from like the alien versus predator movies, or if it came from the alien versus predator comics, which are pretty good. But um, for some reason I had that built up in my head of the honor of the predator, but then rewatching the original movie, they don't recognize that it's an honorable hunter. They recognize it kills for sport. And so mm-hmm. in, in that original movie, it only would go after people who had weapons and when at the end, when it's the final showdown, it could easily have killed uh, Arnold, but instead it took off its mask and took off its weapons and we're going to fight hand to hand. And, you know, just again, fighting for sport, hunting for sport. And here that's kind of what you see is, is the hunting for sport, not necessarily the I'm honorable. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to like fight you fairly or whatever it might be. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess, uh, my last non-spoiler thing would to say would be one of the best or the things I appreciate about this. When you compare it to the original predator, the original predator is a big brash muscular movie. Yeah. It is full of testosterone. It's just so much testosterone in that movie. This one is lean and quiet mm-hmm. and and i won't go so far as to say it's a ma- uh, a feminine movie because i don't think it is i i think it's still there's some femininity to it um but you know all of your heroes in this this one are are lean even the predator is leaner and and sleeker and and then you have the uh other people that they're going to meet later on that Kind of, they're not lean or sleek at all, but, um, no. yeah, there's, that's a real big difference. And I really appreciated that. Uh, and we'll talk about some of the themes and stuff after the spoiler organ, but yeah. And I think, I mean, the word feminine, it's, it's just, it's one of those troubling buzzwords, unfortunately nowadays, but it, it does illustrate the femininity of uh, a lot of uh, Native American cultures where there's a strong and sometimes it's a matriarchal uh, power structure at some times, you know, it's, it, they, they weren't uh, a lot of, a lot of the tribes weren't ashamed or there was no, there was no uh, bad karma or omen attached to having a female leader or strong female uh, leaders in the in the tribe and having her doing things that would 
you know, normally, typically to, to us maybe would be male things to do. You know, I think it shows in that culture uh, the side of femininity that that we might not see very much because we get, you know, we get our, our feminine culture through largely the Bible. And not to say that it's all wrong when it's coming from a different culture. It's just sometimes it can have that uh, sense of alienness, no pun intended, because it just it's coming from a different source. It's coming from a source that that doesn't have a it's not informed by the Bible. So sometimes if something isn't specifically informed by the Bible, sometimes as Christians, we can bristle towards it just because of that. But that doesn't it, it doesn't automatically make it a bad thing. It's just this is how these people exist and and thrive in this in this world you know that that they've created or that they've assimilated um and some of it might be right some of it might be wrong and if someone is coming from this culture and you're picking on it because of you know oh the uh though a woman shouldn't be this or a woman shouldn't be that you know and you're you're picking on the wrong thing you're you're focusing on the wrong thing you know if someone is coming from a a culture that doesn't have christ you should be focusing on bringing Christ to the person and then dealing with the culture afterwards, you know? So it's, it's, it's sort of that type of a deal where, I mean, if, if, if this was uh, a Pocahontas meets um, the predator, you know, that would be different because Pocahontas had a lot of Christian culture and, and Christian understandings that she would be going off of those uh, those things. Um, but obviously she isn't this, uh, what's her name? Naru, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there's, uh, uh, her interaction with Christianity, uh, is probably, it's probably portrayed best through the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the people. Yeah. The, the people, the, the other people that we yeah, haven't talked the, about yet because of spoilers. Okay, well, I won't, we won't, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but it, and, and it's negative because, you know, they're, they're assimilating their culture in a way that really isn't, uh, Christian. And it's, it's like, so you guys are Christians and this is what you're doing. So that's what a lot of people are reacting against is these people who are supposed to be Christians that are doing things that aren't very Christian at all and doing it, a lot of them still in the name of Christ. And that's, you know, so there's, it's, it's problematic on a lot of different levels that way. Um, but when you actually have good, true Christian culture coming in and, and dealing with the, the overall, the overarching problem of a, a, a culture that is non-Christian, then you have them actually, uh, bringing, you know, Christ to that culture and, and being a, a changing force in that culture. So, um, so that's my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, my spo my soapbox has to wait until after we, uh, play that spoiler organ. So okay. we're going to do that right now. Spoilers. 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 All right. 
so Steve, we're free to talk about anything. And I'd, I'd like to talk about the trappers actually. Uh, I'd like to talk about the spoiler uh, music because <laughs> if we just like pushed it to 30 seconds or more, then we could copyright it. But as it is now, it's uncopyrightable. So, well, something to think we about. We couldn't copyright it anyway because we didn't create it. We just paid for it. Well, we paid for it, but then you you have the word spoilers in it. It's there. true. It's true. I did. I did. Uh, yeah. I, I did transform. I transformed. Word. Yeah. I transformed <laughs> it into a, a new a new work by by saying yeah. spoiler. But yeah, you and Vanilla Ice, same territory <laughs> there. <laughs> I still think we'll probably stay away from the copyright <laughs> issue just to be on the safe side. So Okay. <laughs> but about the trappers. Well, I found it fascinating that they used language the way they did in this movie, where clearly whenever someone was speaking English, that was meant to show understanding for our point of view character, uh, Nauru. Mm-hmm. And so when the trappers show up, there's not even subtitles. Like they just show up yeah. and start talking in French and, you know, there's confusion and everything. And then the one trapper starts speaking English. I'm really curious actually now to think, to see, uh, do they have him actually speaking, um, the Comanche language for, for them. And mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be interesting to see. But uh, anyway, the, the language thing was interesting. The way that they use them, because, uh, you know, whenever you have like a, a title like this, there's play on words that you've got going on there. And, you know, right. when with, um, you know, the original Predator movie, uh, at one point, the humans are the predators and they're hunting, right. you know, and then and then they become the prey or whatever. And, right. you know, so then we have here where the movie is called Prey and you have these trappers who are out there doing their own hunting and mm-hmm. you get to see this moment, which happened, where you would come across a, a field just with just littered with buffalo bodies, uh, skin. And yeah. that was it. Like, they just took the skins. They didn't take anything else because they didn't want anything else. They didn't, you know, they weren't hunting the buffalo to kill them because they needed it. They were hunting the buffalo to kill them to get their skin. And that's... That's what was the, what paid, you know? And, yep. and so uh, the little flip there where uh, that's what Predator would do too, though. Like the Predators in the other movies would skin people alive. And so at first it's like, wait, wow, did he kill all of those? And you haven't seen the trappers yet, you know? And so it's confusing for me as a viewer. It's confusing for Nauru and the people she's with. And then... We realize, oh no, it's these these fat Frenchmen that are uh, the the most uh, masculine thing in this movie, uh, mm-hmm. in the sense of um, Predator, the first movie's masculinity of big beefy men. All of these big beefy men are not the same kind of beefy that you have with Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and yeah. Carl. Different kind of beef. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah. Jesse Ventura. Yeah, Jesse Ventura, yeah. <laughs> Way over the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say, uh, rewatching the Predator movie, I had a new appreciation just for how good it was, though. Uh, 
there's some really strong filmmaking happening there as well with the com- composition of shots, uh, composition of characters in the shots and things like that, you know, s- setting up the relationship between the characters that they did, the way that they did. Um, but all of that is tinged with this testosterone, you know? It's, yeah. Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger, when they meet each other and they just, they both grab their hand and it's, it's not, yeah. it's not a, sh- a handshake. No, it's a competition. It's a competition. It's Han and Lando. And <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. And then you have Shane Black plays the character who does all the dirty jokes. And then he's actually the director of The Predator, which, oh, really? Yeah. Which was an interesting kind of thing going on there. But yeah, when you've got the, the trappers here, and yeah, I mean, they represent uh, Western culture coming yep. in. And really just screwing things up <laughs> because yep. it's they're upsetting the balance of nature. They're upsetting the balance of these people who are just living there and yep. just trying to live, you know. And so that's that's one of the things I I, I, I like that about this movie. Um, they took the opportunity to do some stuff there culturally, historically. And then you throw in uh, interplanetary <laughs> hunter <laughs> hijinks yeah yeah <laughs> interplanetary hunter hijinks ensues yeah yeah <laughs> but it's that's... kind of like do they i mean you've obviously dug into the the mythos much more than i have i've, I've seen this i've seen predator and probably nothing else do they ever get to the point where they they Give the the reason why the the predator culture. What are they called? The houtjas. I don't. So, so I don't know. I think they have an actual name. They do, and I don't know the actual name. So that's how deep I've gone. Is I've, okay. I've gone deep enough to have read the actual name, but I can't say it. Okay. <laughs> and I can't. I can't tell you how it's spelled off the top of my head, even if I could say it. You know, but. Um, but is is there a reason why they don't simply just interact with the culture that they're going to like for instance in the uh, the most dangerous game mm-hmm. you know the person invites the person to the island and you know wines and dines them and then outlines exactly what's going to happen and you know I'm going to hunt the most dangerous prey what is that oh it's going to be you uh-huh. you know and all of a sudden you know, the, the food that they've eaten is drugged or whatever. And now they're, you know, they're, it's, it's hours later and they wake up and, and, you know, all of a sudden it's like, you're, you understand what's going to happen now. But with the, with this culture, the, the alien culture, they just come down and, you know, do their damage. And it's like, do they ever talk about why? It's mostly all conjecture. Okay. And so you've got the, you know, the, the first predator, which you just watched where he's, he figures out he, this thing's killing for sport. It's playing with us. And, and then in the second one, they, they have had some studies of, you know, people of, of like legends, myths, stories. And then, oh, there's that time with Dutch back then you know and and so they they are kind of like watching for the the predator to come and they've kind of figured out some things about it 
Uh, but it's, it's again, nothing really explained other than this is what we think is happening. They're coming here. This is our, a hunting ground. This is a game preserve for them. Um, and that's really about as much explanation as you get is it's a game preserve. Uh, in Alien versus Predator, the first movie, you find out that they actually had just dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of xenomorphs where they would go and hatch the eggs on Earth and hunt the aliens on Earth. And so that was a thing for that. Um, and then in Predators, <laughs> where you have um, like six or seven, I think, humans are taken to a another world, another planet, mm-hmm. uh, dropped on <laughs> into a game preserve, and then Predators go out and hunt them. And, you know, it's almost like the difference between <laughs> – going out in the woods to hunt deer and, and going to the deer preservation to hunt deer. Right. Um, Right. And then in the predator, they amp things up a little bit. I really don't remember that much about that movie at all, other than I didn't like it. (laughs) And so I don't remember how much they explained there, but that's another thing I really like about these movies though, is, and it's somewhat with the alien movies as well, but they have this alien that we are figuring out what's going on with the characters and they don't give all the answers. Uh-huh. And I, I like that too. I, I like it where, you know, there's obviously some world building that went into the storytelling, but they're not laying it all out for us. And right. hopefully the storytellers know, <laughs> and if they know it'll mostly make sense. But again, watching the original predator movie recently, I really appreciated all the quick shots and close-up shots of the Predator using its technology and, you know, fixing its its uh, wounds and, and things like that, where it's just kind of, oh, this is kind of cool, you know? Yeah. And if you're watching it for the first time, it's really neat because you're like, oh, what's going on here? What What's happening here? And and then with Prey, it's something similar where you're you're figuring out what's going on with her. And... You know, you know, she's going to survive. You, you know, she's going to make it to the end of the movie, but you don't know who else is going to make it to the end of the movie. And that's one thing I was kind of expecting. I was expecting and maybe this would be a little, I don't know, too Swiss Family Robinson or too uh, Ewok or whatever, where I was expecting the tribe to take on the alien, to take on the predator okay. and, and for it to be because, you know, it's all about this, this tribe and they're tight knit um and i was expecting them with with her leading them i was expecting the twist for her was going to be it's not really a twist but the the turnaround was going to be she's the one who interacted with it out there alone and she comes back and she's able to say this is what it does let's fight it together and she rallies them behind her and i wasn't expecting it to just end like the original predator was one-on-one you know and well and, do you think that's the what dog. they're leading <laughs> yeah the dog is awesome but do you think maybe that's what they're leading to for a, a sequel i don't know because so the one thing that i remember the most about predator 2 was at the end of predator 2 danny glover has gone through all this he's won and he finds himself on the predator's ship and that's when you see the alien xenomorph skull on the, the wall as a trophy. 
And that's like, ooh, they're in the same universe, you know, back in 1991 or whatever it was. Um, but then as he's there, these other predators show up in the ship and it's like, uh-oh, how's he going to get out of this one? Well, the way he's going to get out of this one is they appreciate how well he fought and they give him a trophy. They give him a pistol. And the pistol belongs to one of the people from this movie. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I wonder if the end of this movie suggests if they do a sequel that there's going to be mutual respect between her and them. And I don't know if that's how they get the pistol. <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> if there's something else, some other adventure that they're able to go on together. She goes with them to another planet. That could be interesting. Um, she becomes the predator, like an actual, maybe she marries a love story. <laughs> that kind of happens though. In the comic books, <laughs> you have a character who fights aliens with the predators, you know, it's alien versus predator. She goes with them and learns about their culture and learns to fight with them and actually, you know, has their respect and, and then has her, has adventures out in space with, with xenomorphs and stuff. But yeah, they, I mean, they kind of go there. Kind of. Okay. So. See, I make these jokes because I haven't experienced the the wealth of predator material out there. And now all of a sudden it's like, I should just, just edit that part out. <laughs> I'll just say, I, I probably know more than, uh, you know, a casual fan, but I'm not a super fan with the predator stuff. And I pick and choose just what looks interesting. And that's why that, that, drive-in movie in the fifties with a predator. Like that, yeah. that looked really interesting to me, you know? And yep. yeah. And so I have read some of the predator versus alien comic books um, because they looked interesting and yeah. So all that said, Oh, the other predator comics that I really enjoyed was Batman versus predator. Oh, okay. They did. There's a whole series of dark horse DC crossovers with Green Lantern versus Aliens, um, oh nice Superman versus Aliens, which is really interesting because they bring up this whole idea of Superman values all life, and so when he's fighting the aliens and he has to kill them, he does it because he's trying to save people, but he feels bad doing it because he's taking the Xenomorph's life. Does he feel bad swatting a fly or? I don't know about that, but maybe he does. <laughs> maybe Honestly, does he need to swat a fly? He's not going to kill a mosquito. A mosquito's not going to be able to break his skin. He doesn't care about mosquitoes. He's not going to get an itch. But anyway, the he doesn't hold back. And it's not like a turning point in the book where he's like finally cuts loose. You know, all right, now I got to do it. You know, but it yeah. it was the kind of thing where after the after the fact he's like i i hate taking life and i had to you know and uh it was it was an interesting little little uh character beat um they also did a three batman versus predator series that were really good and i i really enjoyed reading those when they were coming out mm -hmm. and i just read them last well i read them during covid and and enjoyed it again um Justice League versus Predator. That one's dumb, though. That one's really dumb. 
Um, but yeah, what they did a the whole one? whole different series of this Dark Horse versus DC thing. There was one, I think it was Robocop versus Terminator by Walt Simonson. Yeah, I didn't read it, but yeah. Really good. Is it? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. He did a great job. And the artwork is fantastic. Well, did Walt Simonson do the artwork? Yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's going to be good no matter what. <laughs> yeah. And it's his like Thor period type of, you know, great, uh, you know, very, almost like an art deco we you know, that type of a feel to it. But modern, you know, how he does. I don't have to sell anyone on Walt Simonson. And if I do, <laughs> come on. He was in Thor Ragnarok. Come on, people. <laughs> I think you you definitely make a good pitch for him because that was that was like one of your favorite comic book runs of all time was his Thor run, right? Yeah, yeah. It might be it might be my favorite comic book run of all time just because it put together. I mean, it's it's Norse mythology, it's it's uh, it's fantasy, it's science fiction, it's superheroes, it's uh, you know uh, apocalypse. It's, I mean, so many different things um, and just woven in so well. And he humanizes the characters, you know, in so many different ways. I mean, at, at one point he has Thor take on a different uh, quote unquote human persona where he he's Thor size, but he's like a construction worker. <laughs> yeah. I've read some of those. Yeah. And I mean, but he's just, he looks like Thor and he just has like a ponytail and like round glasses and people are just like, Oh yeah. Uh, that's not. And at one point someone, someone like figures out, it's like, wait a minute, he's gotta be Spider-Man <laughs> of all the heroes to choose to be. Um, but I mean, and it just and it humanizes the the characters as the the Asgardians are, you know, the, even the the children are under attack, and I think it's Freya, um, like takes the children, and they're over the course of uh, uh, multiple uh, issues, she's leading the children, you know, to a, a safe place, and they have a little adventure, and Balder has his own thing, and then a mini series comes off of that, and it's just like. Um, Secret Wars happens in the middle of it, and it's just like things keep <laughs> happening. It's just amazing, an amazing run for an amazing time to have that run happen as well. Um, but that has nothing to do with Prey. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. But uh, no. The other thing that, that really stuck out to me with Prey is and, – and this is a big part of, her, of Nauru's character arc. And that's the whole – just she wants to do do things differently. She wants to do things that are traditionally roles filled by the males of her tribe, and they don't even want to give her a chance at it, right? And it's a it's a thing, and it drives the storyline because she wants to prove herself. And actually, I think she ends up doing, doing a couple things that are kind of dumb because she's just trying to prove herself. But then uh -huh. they won't listen to her when they need to because she's she's a female. And what's right. interesting to me about it right now is just walking through different things with some people at work and, and my own children, my daughters, uh, where, you know, my one daughter wants to go into ministry 
and she's watching other women in ministry and seeing how they're being treated and and how they're being used by the church or not used and she's looking at that and thinking well what's this mean for me you know and um you know I, my team of my ministry team in our church is the children's ministry team and i'm the only male <laughs> in that team now volunteer wise we have we have men helping with small group leaders and stuff like that but mm-hmm. uh paid staff at our church i'm the only man doing children's ministry and you know i would go to the children's ministry convention uh it was 5 6 years ago and of the attendees i would say 80% were women 20 were men of the leadership of that conference 80% were men 20 were women wow. and it's a really it was an interesting dichotomy what does it mean I've got my own thoughts about it. I want to be careful because I know not every listener shares the same um, feelings about gender roles that that I have, or feelings that you know that our different denominations have. Um, but it is something that I have to walk through with my team as well, where I have young women who are taking on internships, and and I'm trying to to lead them and teach them, and um, and, and I get to sit there and and hear what they have to say about how they feel they're being um used appreciated not appreciated in in ministry as as women and so it's it's there's no clean conversation there's no easy answers um but it is something that uh, that I'm walking through quite a bit recently um what I'm trying to say is this got me thinking about those gender roles and about, you know, people who are trying to, um, you know, feeling called to minister, but then being told, no, you're not, your calling doesn't, isn't valid or <laughs> you're, you're calling to be, to minister. Well, okay. You can minister to children because you're a woman. I got to be careful. Like I said, because I know not everyone agrees about this, <laughs> but this movie brought it up and made me think about it. Okay. <laughs> so I do have a weak connection for this movie, but I don't know if I want to share it here on, on the YouTube page over at youtube.com slash strangers and aliens, where um, a weak connection is something we've talked about a little bit on the podcast, but it's something where you're kind of stretching it a little bit because you got a yeah. lesson here. Yeah. You know, a Christian lesson from a secular source. But what I realized the last week connection that I did as I was writing up some of the um, descriptions of it, I was like, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's a weak connection. Yes. But hopefully it's a strong application, you know, where <laughs> when you take a look at the the scripture, the truth that I'm trying to talk about. Yeah. Maybe it's a weak connection between that and the source material from the sci-fi thing. But the application is real, you know, so – I don't know. Maybe I'll save it for the the YouTube page. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to save it for the YouTube page. Watch for it in a month or two. So I don't, I don't get it. I'm part of the show. I've been part of the show since episode one, mm-hmm. and I have to wait, just like Hoy Polloi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I see how it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 sorry, man. You just, <laughs> you're just not going to be able to be blessed by the message. Of weak connection from prey. That all right? Yeah, I'm not hurt. 
I'm good. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad that you're not hurt. I don't feel bad about it either then, since you're clearly okay with it. And Nice. Or I could tell you afterward, after we, we stop recording. Nope. Forget it. Okay. I don't want to know it now. It's forgotten. It's forgotten. I'll send you a link to the YouTube video when it's ready. How's that sound? That sounds great. That's just <laughs> fine. I'm not going to say I'm saving it for the YouTube thing and then tell it to you right here, right now. You could just edit it in post. Come on. <laughs> the problem is at this point, it's gotten built up so much that I think it's going to just disappoint everyone who's like, oh, what was it that he was going to say that he can't say to Steve? And, and then they gonna be like, oh, that was it. Yeah. Dislike. You get, <laughs> You better make it really good then. <laughs> Which, by the way, today we got our first dislike on a video since I started posting them again. Wow. Yeah, I have a feeling it was I was it was unboxing your Christian identity while unboxing the USS Enterprise. So I was, I was <laughs> unboxing an Enterprise model and talking about how this Enterprise model made me think about, you know, who who we should be modeling our life after. It's not the phrasing I use, but actually. I wish I had now, but anyway, um, one person found the video because of the hashtag enterprise that I put on it. So I don't know if they were expecting, I mean, the title literally is unboxing Christian identity while unboxing the enterprise. So I don't know what they were expecting, but I wonder like, were they just expecting to see just toy talk? And then I started talking about Jesus. Um, is that what caused it? Or was it someone who I said I liked Discovery and they didn't like me saying that? Because that, man, you want to trigger some people. Talk about Star Trek Discovery, Steve. Yeah, yeah. You have that super connection to Discovery, though, because of your name. No, that was Deep Space Nine. What's Discovery, then? Discovery is one of the newer shows. Oh, 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 Discovery. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. No, Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I do have that connection with Benjamin Sisko, played by Avery Brooks. Yeah. So you can edit that in post. I, I probably won't, though. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, for YouTube videos, I've been doing a lot of editing because I want to get it short, but I'm yep. still with the podcast. Unless we say something really off, it's, it's probably not going to get edited out. All right. So. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, Steve, any final words? My final words uh, uh, deal with both Prey and this episode. My final words are, this is as far as you go. No more. This is it. And my final words are very simple. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time with us. If you have thoughts about Prey, we would love to hear them. Maybe you have a weak connection. I'd like to hear that too. Studio Avery yeah. at gmail.com. That's our email address. Or leave a leave a note on our Facebook page or on our blog for this episode. And yeah. Until I eventually post that video about Prey on YouTube, <laughs> I want to wish you Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery. Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. 
We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Is it dumb? You bet. But is it my kind of dumb? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>